0: Hello, uh, everyone, uh, welcome to the sixth episode of be open and authentic with Rohit. So today we'll be talking about, uh, black history, culture, racism, and what are the things that we should learn? Um, just, um, what are the things that we should learn about, you know, blacks, uh, and, and, uh, you know, how we should view the, just kick us off. yeah. Hello. Um, welcome to the sixth episode of be open and authentic with Rohit. So today um, we'll be talking about talking about one of the most important topics that we should talk uh, and learn more about, that is Black history, culture, and racism in US. So today we have an um, expert in the in the domain and um, Latanya Davis with us. So I would like to thank Latanya for two things in particular. One is for her valuable time, uh, and and uh, the other for you know. Just uh, willing, being willing to talk uh, on this topic and uh, help us all educate and you know learn more about help us helping in helping us learn more about the topic. So, thanks, thanks, Latanya, uh, thanks for being being on the show with me today.
1: Absolutely, thank you. Wonderful opportunity.
0: Yeah, I hope I hope uh, this. Uh, so the purpose of the show is uh, you know to me uh, to maximize the micro level impact. So at least you know if the video is helping ten people change their perspectives, you know view view things differently based on the content that we created. That is still a big win uh, for us, uh, in in my opinion. I agree. So, right? Yep. Sounds good. So, do you want to start with the introduction, Latanya?
1: Yes. Well, I'm Latonya Davis. I am a Houston native, Houston, Texas, in the USA, and I am a mom. Uh, I am also the founder of a company, uh, TanyaDavis.com, where I wanted to really educate more people and actually uh, change perspectives, policies, and practices when it comes to those who are African-American. Most people don't know this about me. Uh, I started my business uh, back in 2020 uh, because I really wanted a chance for people to recognize what happened after the murder of George Floyd. Mr. Floyd was a graduate of my high school and he's also friends with my brother. So I thought it was very important for me to use my own leverage and my own platform and my own privilege to really uh, get people to see that things must change. So I'm just really pleased to be in the space. And if someone wants to know a fun fact, I like to ride bikes. Oh,
0: nice, good, good to know. And I didn't realize that uh, you were so close to George Floyd. Uh, sorry about what, what happened. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, just to just to get us get started. Right. So uh, you know, I just, what's, what do you, so since George, George Floyd or, you know, in, in the past two years, how, how do you think things changed in US and how is, how is, you know, everyone in America, including immigrants or in all races, how about they treating uh, blacks these days? Do you think it's, uh, it has been improved or do you see a room for a lot of improvement or is, is still the same? Uh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I definitely would say it's a level of both. Uh, You definitely have people who are more aware of what takes place when it comes to Blacks and African-Americans in this country, in the United States, and also in the world. Uh, the worldwide yep. protests are really the things that really kicked off like change has to happen, not only outside of work but also inside the workspace. And so I think we've seen that. Uh, I think yep. the other areas that you see, of course, are it happens is happening across <laughs> different places, whether it's schools, um, companies, nonprofits, community organizations. You see that. Um, but however, we do still have a lot of growth to do. Uh, when it yep. comes to ensuring that we are meeting the mark of equity and specifically racial equity when it comes to black americans in this country um all again we've had some great things happening but there's so much more that has to happen and a lot of it has to be a heart change
0: no i, I agree uh so i echo the same i see that you know things are moving in the right direction um yeah. but, but but there is so much room to grow and this is one of the you know uh reasons that i'm doing this this episode um because, for example, you know, as an immigrant, I have, uh, you know, very little information, you know, about about African-American and, uh, you know, many things in U.S. Right. Because of my own, you know, where I'm from or, you know, what I learned or, you know, maybe the limited source Why? of uh, information mm-hmm. that um, I I got, you know, throughout, throughout my career. Right. But when I joined, you know, uh, the historically black university, things changed. Right. So I just got to learn more. Mm-hmm. But not everyone is in the same boat because most of my friends, you know, didn't go to the HBCU or, you know, had very few opportunities to interact with, uh, you know, Blacks. So that being said, you know, I, I want to use this epi- episode to learn more, uh, starting from the history, mm-hmm. culture, and how that shaped up the perspectives of, you know, the African-American uh, in, in US, right? So mm-hmm. can you can you educate us more uh, on the, on the Black history and how it evolved over time? So, and what are the things that we can learn from it?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's like, I love that question just because there's so much and we could probably sit here all day and talk about it. But I'm gonna speak about the things that I think are most important. The first is just the perspective around black history. Uh, A lot of people begin those conversations with the trauma of what happened during slavery. Uh, However, I think it's important for us to talk about the triumphs of who we were prior to being enslaved. And so just really getting back into understanding that we came from, and when I say we black and African-Americans came from uh, the continent of Africa, where we were already a part of uh, tribes. We were part of kings and queens and we had those different really great opportunities to really um, become a communal environment. And I think the thing that happened, of course, we know uh, the history around just us being taken away uh, in chains, moving across the Atlantic ocean, being brought to the United States uh, to be put in a position of inferiority. Uh, And I think the other piece that I think is important for people to recognize is that race is a concept that was created. Yeah. it was created <laughs> it's not as though we were born into this space and when you have created that sort of concept then you are putting us in a position to be considered to be inferior versus those who are not and when i say those who are not i mean uh, those who are white americans uh, the thing about the history is that we've been taken from so many spots from 1400s to 1800s to 1900s 2000 uh, and 22. Uh, we've moved through and we're very resilient people because we've moved through so many um, different opportunities. The thing that I also want people to recognize is that when you think about black history, think about the individuals as well as the groups. Um, Some of my favorite absolute um, ancestors that I completely respect are Harriet Tubman who took it upon herself to actually physically free people from mm. um, being in bondage um, and, and walking through, uh, you know, trials and tribulations to get us to become free. And then you have ancestors like Frederick Douglass, uh, who was a person who was a great orator, skilled, um, very strong advocate for what needed to happen in terms of not, not being enslaved. And building those kind of relationships and then you have the groups that people may not know about. Uh, one you spoke about, which is being an HBCU grad. I am an HBCU grad. Yeah. I am an HBCU grad of what is a, like, exactly, I've been at college. Um, it is an original HBCU. People talk about traditional versus the others. It's an original one that was started in North Carolina. Uh, yep. It is specifically one that's dedicated for black women. There are only two in the United States of America, Bennett and Spellman. So you have those opportunities. And the reason why those were created is because we didn't have access to education <laughs> to be able yep. to read and to write and to learn and to grow. Uh, and that's why I wanted to make sure that people recognize that we don't stay in the trauma of that. We talk about the wins that we've had. So when we speak about things like black colleges, Uh, One of the great wins is being able to be educated in a space where when I walked on campus day one, it was assumed and expected that I was to be a leader from that day forward. I had done a lot of other things after that. But of course, that's the expectation. So when I walk into spaces, it's I believe I'm already a leader. (laughs) So I don't have to be uh, told that by anyone else. And so I think those are some of the stories we want to think about. And you can you can stop me for a moment, but you know I think the other thing too is fraternities and sororities. These are things people don't may not know about. There are Black Greek letter fraternities and sororities uh, that do exist, and our purpose is to be able to uplift our communities through community service uh, and community action. And so I'm a member of one Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, Incorporated, <laughs> that I joined while in college. And so these are groups of Black men and Black women who continue to uplift after our collegiate level. Uh, and so yep. then of course you just have our families. Um, that uh, have come together to do the various things. But again, a lot of it happens in school, uh, in schools where you're taught certain things. I remember being in school and taught that, you know, Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492, uh, and that he discovered America, when in fact that is not the case. So by the time I became an educator myself and wrote curriculum for my students, I ensure that they recognize all of the different histories and all the different pieces that are there. So I think it's really around making sure that more people understand that yes, we have faced trauma and we have trauma today. However, the trauma was not created by us, it was created by another group. And that group of people, I'm really glad to see so many people stepping up today to be allies and to be advocates to interrupt those different levels that are there so I just okay. wanted to sort of put that at the table but like I said there's a lot to it so I just wanted to share that
0: <laughs> no I know so that, that's uh, that's a great information and that's that's very detailed time Thank, thanks for that so some of the mm-hmm. things that I wasn't aware is that it started you know in like back in 1400, or 1800s and it and you were you know many were taken all over the world it's not just US right yes. um right. and imagine in that the pressure or the trauma that people have to go through you know being transported mm-hmm. over and not treating them fair, uh, uh right. it is it is uh, very unfortunate but uh, you know i'm a little glad that we are moving further um but i also you know like the fact that now there are so many supporting communities like you were mentioning right uh and the college for example the colleges are uh, very specific to the you know blacks and uh, the fraternity groups and all and and even at work i see you know so many so many leaders coming and uh trying to change the workplace for good and particularly uh, blacks and uh, you know many african american they're they don't do that as a, just as a job uh, you know they do they do that as a their duty you know to change the perspectives of people and to be the change agent and and mm-hmm. i think uh, so that that's the great part for i think one takeaway for me is you know even though despite whatever the history has been and i know that because i it's it's only you know first or second generation students going to the college which means that you know there is lot of education you know that people need to go through you know to be able to um survive mm-hmm. you know in the in the corporate or or survive in the, in the in the real world but people i know many blacks are just being up to the standards or or you know just breaking the standards right for example look at barack obama so where mm-hmm. because I think he's he's the change agent in my opinion, and I'm glad to see many change agents uh, mm-hmm. in in the in the black community, and uh, glad we are all being educated in some way or the other. So, and and similarly, you know, because I I know that you know many are from uh, in Africa, uh, African you know worked with in African. I think the culture in Africa is a little similar to India. Many kings and queens, you know, it has its own good good and bads of it, right? So, but once you know how. Once people started migrating, and uh, you know, once people moved to US, uh, so how 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 the culture evolved over time? You know, is it is it any different? So how how has your you know African uh, culture? You know, how did you you know lo- what did you learn from it, and uh, how is how has it evolved once people moved to US? So just just want to understand a little bit more about the culture here.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I also want to add on too, I like how you spoke about Barack Obama as uh, one of the um, models and exemplars, but I also want to speak about too, you know, my mother, my father, my grandfather, sure. You know, our families are also, I just want, and this is for your audience because we need to also know that those people are our models as well. They're our exemplars of what, uh, what can happen and what you can uh, have and who you can become uh, okay. when it comes to the black community. I think the thing that, there are a few things that come to mind when I think about um, what has transitioned and what has transpired since from then until now. Um, so a good example might be, uh, you know, you go to a church service and if you go into the black church, there are hymns that we've seen. That is uh, definitely a tradition that comes from the motherland, uh, being able to sing songs uh, and being able to uh, things like wait in the water uh, and, and just all kinds of different pieces that come into play. When you think about that, there's stepping. So if you've never seen a sorority fraternity step, Uh, Those steps are rooted in the continent of Africa, with us Mm. being able to step and doing those songs and those words, and and again carrying those traditions. The thing that I think um, that is the most uh, significant to me is just I I keep coming back to the word resilience. I always come back to the word resilience, the spirit of the people from Mm. the continent of Africa, um, those that made it across the Atlantic, and those that did not. Uh, you know, that still is really ingrained in us because we're still dealing with, you know, the trauma and the vestiges of the things that have happened. So yep. while it might not necessarily be we're in chains, um, you know, on a plantation, uh, there are some spaces and organizations that we work in that still have some of those chains there. And those chains might look like microaggressions, microinvalidations, micro micro assaults, not getting promoted, you know, just yep. inequitable outcomes and so many different things that have taken place. So I think, um, and so resilience is what actually helps us to be able to maintain and move through and to still advocate for those things i also want to just bring in i was in a meeting uh or not in a meeting an event uh, this past week with a group of black women and the purpose of this group was for us to come together to be able to talk about you know how to elevate one another and and how to push one another in the spaces that we're in it was my first time joining the group and what was so interesting to me is that these were some powerful women who had been uh, unfortunately experienced racism in their own Mm -hmm. workspace to the extent that the quote that came out of that meeting was, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired of it, I'm so tired of it. And it's so, and you know, and so in my, of course we absolutely encourage one another Uh, I have not had that experience in the current workplace that I'm in, but I absolutely understand that experience because I've been there and had to address those various pieces. So resilience comes into play with us, again, as a community, uplifting one another and saying, absolutely, um, this is something that you can do. Here's how you can address it. And hey, you know, go and create your own, you know, for spaces that don't necessarily want to, you know, uh, acknowledge our value. So I think those are things that come through to me. So again, it's not the lynching. You know, um, it's not very overt in some cases, but it's very covert, and it still continues to happen for those who just do not want to let go of the past, those who may not really understand the impact of what has happened um, to a group of people, and and not owning how they can use their privilege to really support and and help, uh, help us to be able to grow so we have a new narrative.
0: No, I agree. Right. So that's, that's, that's a great, uh, you know, way to look at it. Uh, And, and that's, that's a great thing for, you know, many people to take away, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because um, the resilience part and the uplifting part, you know, irrespective of, you know, the scenarios, you know, around the world, or maybe just in workplace or, or or just to Mm -hmm. your colleagues, to your parents or family, or just in your own culture. So those are the two things any human can do to make the world a better yeah. place right yeah. um but glad and this is so much more important to do in the in the black community in my opinion because yeah. for example you know as as an immigrant right maybe i'll, I'll learn more about blacks and i you know i will learn about the history culture i know i kind of feel uh, you know um understand the scenario i maybe at least i think that i understand the scenario but yeah. it's never the same as experiencing or you know it's never the same as um you for sure, no. right? because uh, you, see, you know, you understand it a lot more deeper and it's, it, it means a lot more to you. So for example, uh, so the things that people, you know, people may real, may or may not realize what they're doing, you know, maybe microaggression uh, or things like that and how they, some, most of the people may not be even aware that, that impacts this community, you know, a lot uh, you know, significantly than what you what the person thinks. Yes. So, so I think the resilience part and and the uplifting part are, are are very crucial uh in the Black community, and I'm I'm super glad that you are you are taking some initiatives accordingly. And I think this is this is a call for any any any, any African American you know listening to this episode. I know you are going through a lot, but just re- remember the word resiliency. That you know, uh, this is uh, the duty you know of you uh, and and also us, you know, people like us, you know, as immigrants or, or anyone else, you know, to support you. But mm-hmm. it's, it's not the same as standing you standing by yourself and you know you know navigating through all this right. unfortunate circumstances. And but you just remember that, you know, you're making the world a better place and, and uh, just uh, while, you know, educating others, others like me and uh, standing up and, and, and uplifting the community so that many people can sh- stand on your shoulders in the future. Right.
1: Um, and may I, add in, I like what you said, because I think that I don't think that people who are non-Black really realize that when we are affirmed in that way of what you just did and just just support that really goes a long way. Um, So many of us are the only ones in these spaces. And so when we show up, we're showing up with all the things that have gone on. And some of us are showing up in the space to advocate. And so it's only us. And it is very important for the other folks in those spaces to amplify our voices, to be the persons who are interrupting, not just bias, but also racism when it comes up on its head. It's very important to recognize that because I don't think people really understand the level uh, yeah. that it takes sometimes for some of us to roll up in these spaces and say what needs to be said. Uh, I am one who's been vocal since I was probably three. My mother said it. I came out of the womb talking. <laughs> so I'm going to talk until I, until I go to the grave. That's what I'm going to do because I feel like I have a responsibility because yep. of what my ancestors have gone through to make my ancestors proud of what yep. they did for me so I could be in those spaces. And so yep. I just wanted to just say, we need more of that. We need you to talk to us. We need you to find out more about who we are. We need you to understand that there's a need for your voice to amplify because your voice in some spaces is even more influential than our own. And but collectively together, we can move through. So I just wanted to just kind of share that point and to thank you for saying that.
0: No, yeah. Glad that you brought up, right? I know this is, uh, you know, I'm glad I'm, you know, at least doing my part. Uh, Maybe I have to do a lot more uh, because, uh, black community gave so much to me uh, personally and professionally, and in so many ways. Um, and and uh, you know, it's, it's not about just giving back; it's about just trying to understand the scenario better, and and mm-hmm. trying to trying to educate more people around me. Uh, this is th- that is the reason for this podcast because there's so right. many immigrants, you know, people in India, you know, not necessarily be aware of you know what 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 real blacks and and what's the culture and how do you think and view them, right? Because. If you look mm-hmm. at news, not every good news is propagated the same way as bad news. So they right. have their own biases, uh, and and it's 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 a whole different game uh, that I don't you know want to dive deep into that yet. But yes, mm-hmm. there are sh- people like me should more um, or non-blacks should s- find a way to talk more, learn more, and and, and communicate more. Mm-hmm. Uh respect, be it good or bad, right? Because once you can celebrate good at the same time, when it is going worse, you can step in mm-hmm. and do your part. But but the other, yes. you know, while, while doing this, Latanya, so I have this, you know, uh, experience as well. and you know, I experienced the similar similar scenarios, but it's also sometimes a very sensitive topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. Right? Be it at work or professionally yeah. or personally. You know, I don't know. Sometimes I sometimes I just don't know what to say. Uh, because yeah, I don't know what what kind of maybe i'm i being too racist or or i'm um, i know this is the right question to ask uh, don't do, don't i even know that smaller information that i should know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so which means that i am not super comfortable you know uh, just going and talk to the person uh, so i would rather think that hey uh, i think i probably just take a step back and let that person you know yeah uh deal with it instead of me going and making it worse so how do I, how do i make that call uh, so how do i you know deal with yeah. these kind of scenarios
1: Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely, it's gonna be individualized case by case. But um, on a podcast I did last year, I was invited to speak about anti-Asian racism. And Mm -hmm. what I said on that platform, and I stand by this, is sometimes you have to do it afraid. You have to have those conversations and you have to be nervous and you have to be uncomfortable, but it's okay to have the conversation. But I think it starts first with relationship. You, you know. want to get to know the person and vice versa. It's not just you come in to know who Latanya is. Latanya wants to know who you are too. When you're able to make those connections, it's easier to have those conversations. Um, the one thing that I can say just from facilitating a lot of them <laughs> with folks, uh, it is not difficult for me to do that just because yep. I'm genuinely curious around yep. why do you think that racism does exi- doesn't exist? Why do you think you know, it's not an issue? Um, and so for me, It's really around like, you know, making sure you have those questions ready. And so um, one is like sharing the story. I believe storytelling is a huge way to be able to really understand, you know, who people are. You know, when I say storytelling, it can be your background. It can be telling your career story. You know, I've got plenty of stories to share about how I was treated differently, how I experienced racism, microaggressions, X, Y, and Z. And I can also speak to, you know, the stories of how when someone did approach me and get to know me as a person, how they used that opportunity to support me and to amplify me, or my or, or my colleagues as well. So I think it's really around, like, you know, if you have to script it out, script it out. You know, yep. hi. I'm right. <laughs> sure. And yeah. I really want to talk to you about this issue. And I'm nervous about asking you these questions. Is it okay that I talk to you or or not? And then give that person the opportunity to say yes or no, because you never know where people are, you know, on sure. uh, dealing with the trauma in and of itself. Um, sure. My family, in particular, we, we're talkers. We love to talk. Um, so we're going to have those conversations with you. But I would just say, you know, sometimes you have to do it afraid. Here's the thing yeah. we're all adults. We went to, most of us went to college. Um, Some of us went straight and started our own businesses and didn't have to go to college. So if you are able to hold a conversation as an adult for an interview or to go out and promote your business, you can hold a conversation with an African-American person and ask them about their background and learn how can you help, uh, how can I help you to move forward, you know, in the workplace. And so the conversations I've had have been fantastic. People have really been able to see that, okay, I did not know this happened. I did not understand this happened. And so you go back into your own history and you look at opportunities you could have had to have made um, the situations different uh, Mm -hmm. for other people. And so I think it's just like really going in uh, on yourself. And I would also impress people to do yourself. I call it an audit. (laughs) When I walk through folks through your audit, let's start when you were born. What was your family like? What did they say about black people? What did they not say about black people? Who did you live around? Yeah. When did you ever have a first exposure to black people? What did you think about when you first learned about Trayvon Martin or you know, George Floyd? Um, what came to mind when that first happened? And so you go through those kinds of questions together, sure. not as an interrogation, but as a way to really listen to understand and to figure out what the next steps are. So um, those are that, some pieces of that I would give.
0: Wow. That is very interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about the audit part more. Uh, but firstly, I, I, so I want to talk about the first couple of sessions that you, are, that you have given, right? So mm-hmm. one is, you know, before even, you know, waiting for the person to, um, start, you know, before even going to the person, just mm-hmm. first thing that I should do or like any one of you know i should do is you know start building a relation before anything you know happens for you don't have to wait till something you know to happen so that you can go and talk to the person right. so what you're saying is you have to be open and, and authentic actually right so stay yes. your uh, share your story yeah. and be curious about their story and understand and you know, build that relation so that you can have the uh tough conversation if, if it ever yeah. comes to that and make sure you watch out for them right in the sense if they're having uh you know some some bad experiences you know just being able to you know audit the scenarios around you and making sure they are you know feeling comfortable and and making sure that you're constantly having you know the right conversations and being engaging uh being engaged with them i think it will make the job easier to have any any kind of conversations uh in in the workplace uh thanks thanks for the tip um so that that's that's uh One other takeaway Mm -hmm. from, from, from this conversation Mm -hmm. and the other interesting word that I want to talk about is the audit part, for example, you know, the things that you mentioned, right. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) for example, if you, if you've done the audit, uh, you know, to me, if I'm like super honest with all the answers, you know, that's, that's uh, (laughs) earlier, you know, it might be too, you know, I, I would be. Too ashamed to share. It, uh, right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. But now, yes. you know, my perspective has changed so much because of the experience that I've been through, but it might not be the same for everyone. So I think art is right. another, another interesting experience that we should do to ourselves. Hey, what is your opinion on blacks and, and uh, what, what do you know about them and uh, or what is, what was your opinion when you were, you know, yeah. an Indian and, uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, when you yeah, have I'm it sorry. encountered with African American, right? So, what did the society teach you is another way to think about it because all our experiences are, you know, kind of way is enforced on us in, a, in my opinion. Because, for example, you know, I'm being honest on this uh, podcast here because when I when I think about African American when I was in India is is mm-hmm. not in a positive angle, to be honest. Yeah. Because all yeah. uh, I'll you know, um many of my friends here, you know, experienced you know some sort of uh, you know, hate or crime—not uh, hate. Uh, that's the wrong word you saw about that. But the crime, or you know, they have suffered. Uh, uh, you know, they had some wrong experiences with with African American. You know, which is in the okay. local news. Yeah. And you uh, know, in, in fact, I experienced myself too. I was, um, you know, robbed at the gunpoint. That's the first. You know, wow. my close encounter with the gun, particularly. Uh, and I'm then sorry. I was robbed. Uh, yeah, when I when I was like really uh, struggling with all my finances and my personal life too. So that's that's kind of a traumatic experience too. So, But mm-hmm. I also know the good part or the most of the good part, right? In the sense that mm-hmm. you know, I've been through the HPC experience. So I can't just, uh, yeah. based on one, my experience, I cannot just say that, hey, everything is wrong here. Um, but yes. I kind of, I, I'm able they- to differentiate. But not everyone is the same because most of my other friends don't know yeah. the scenario. So they would treat the, you know they still they only recognize the you know the um, yeah, negative angle answer. negative aspect of of the community right so mm-hmm. how do you think uh, uh you know the crime or the drugs or everything is uh is, is impacting i mean they're they're kind of impacting all the perspectives of you know immigrants or, or many many people around the world but that's not the that's a very limited perspective in my opinion so what are the things yeah. that we can do to educate those kind of people or, or, uh, you know, or, or, or what do you say to them? You know, I cannot just go and say that, Hey, yeah. don't trust this, you know, this is just limited, but I mean, they're seeing it every day. So I cannot just say that, Hey, yeah. don't trust it. So how do you yeah. kind of educate those, those, uh, those kind of people?
1: Yeah, that's such well, first of all, I'm really uh, sorry that that happened to you. Uh, and. But I can say this, the fact that you said you didn't want to have that one situation make you stereotype a lot of folks around that is i think a really key point that i hope that people really understand and really picked up on because um that is not always the case i think it also requires an understanding of how that situation happened and so it gets back to the different levels of racism that have happened which leads to systemic racism and there's a reason why we have folks that are uh, in positions that they're in Um, people don't choose to, be, to go out and rob people. People don't mm-hmm. wake up and say, hey, my goal in life is to do X, Y, and Z. Not yeah. one black person I've ever met on the planet has ever said that. What yeah. happens is we've had situations that have happened within our, own, within our communities uh, yeah. in terms of the United States that have happened. So let's just, I'm just gonna break this down for a second. So there are four levels of racism. There is uh, individualized racism. The way that you see people, Uh, the way that those with privilege see us as Black people, as inferior to you, based upon race, which is a skin color. There's no biological difference within race. Um, Number two, you have interpersonal racism, the way that we express um, or interact with one another, uh, the way that those who are for the United States, those who are white interact with black people um, because of racism. And so it's saying things and doing things like those microaggressions and, you know, those sorts of things that take place in work. And even, you know, in the grocery store, you know, walking sure. on the other side of the street, you know, that happens in my own neighborhood. I say, good morning to folks. They walk on the other side of the street and do not speak to me because I am African-American. And sure. so you still have those different pieces. Um, and so then you move into uh, institutional racism which is what happens in organizations and companies and workspaces, where you have those same attitudes, those racist attitudes that have come into play, have played out with the practices and the policies that are created. You know, like my hair is unprofessional in some spaces. Why? Who said my hair is unprofessional? Sure, yeah, right. Someone that probably was non-Black, you know, made that, yep. made that distinction. And so you have that happening. When you have these things consistently happening, you create these structures that are in place where now it becomes a huge, big, uh, a huge, bigger situation happening. And it carries over into the policies that are made by those who don't look like us, who are in Congress. Um, And so it just carries on and it perpetuates itself to the extent that now it pushes itself into the areas that we have, which are housing, housing discrimination, redlining. Um, You know, the United States during a certain period of time, Uh, folks did not want uh, Black people to own houses. So there were maps, and you can look this up online, that were drawn in red lines where we could not even think about purchasing a house or even getting a loan for a house. And who were um, the people that were uh, preferred? Uh, White people. And so you see the disparity right now between home ownership in the black community versus other communities. Uh, Today, we're talking about black communities, but of course we know there are other historically excluded groups, you know, in that space. We wanna talk about the criminal justice system where, you know, those who are uh, of non-black persuasion uh, have created and written laws. Uh, and that have really been inequitable in terms of the way that we're treated. They're just, you can look at the states again, just look it up online. You can see who's in prison and who's not and for what crimes and who's not. Uh, And so you have those situations. We can move into the education system where you have certain neighborhoods and communities that are uh, African-American who receive um, less money per pupil for school districts versus those that grow up in the white communities. So why is it, again, this stems from, you know, Jim Crow back in the day when um, we were, you know, told we could not, you know, we couldn't go to school to read and write. So therefore we didn't get the textbooks like uh, other folks did. Um, So we have those situations. We can also move into, you know, just transportation. We can move into um, employment. Uh, Well, I could talk about employment all day long, you know, where we talk about, let's just begin with the fact that in my probably lifetime, I'm sure I've applied to over maybe 500 plus other jobs. uh, And I got, um, I did not get interviews. Uh, And I know I was highly qualified for different things Uh, and versus other folks who have my same credentials. They got the interview. They got hired. Uh, We can speak about the process, you know, of recruiting and sourcing of talent. Where are you pulling your talent from? Are you going to the same spaces all the time? Are you branching out and reaching to and connecting with folks like on LinkedIn uh, who are really uh, top talent for these postings through the interview process? Who's on the hiring team? Who's making the decisions? Are you using, what types of criteria are you using to bring folks on? In the onboarding process, are we felt uh, that we're a part of the team and a sense of belonging? Do we have those sorts of things? And so, again, I can move into each of the pieces. Who gets sponsored? Who doesn't? Who gets elevated? Doesn't. Who gets promoted? Who doesn't? Who's making those decisions? Who's not a part of that team? Part of the issue is there are folks who are African-American, Black, who look like me, that are not a part of these decisions that are being made. So we're just talking about, you know, how folks like myself are not a part of those decisions that are being made, you know, in workspaces. And so that also creates an equitable income. Uh, We could even talk about, you know, the salary uh, compensation that people uh, receive going to certain positions versus those who don't, uh, who, you know, who've already been there. Uh, And so, you know, I've worked and I've had an opportunity to be able to be exposed and and talk and train with those who are CEOs, boards of directors. And these folks are recognizing that these things are you know, a problem and it has to be corrected because those who are on the other end tend to be African-American or others in those sort of excluded categories. And so we have to be able to course correct those problems. I say yeah. all that just to say at the end of the day, it is a system that is creating sure. these inequities that end up having people like let's say if you don't necessarily have a degree so what are you going to do to take care of your family what, what yeah. happens Just reaching yeah. out to help you to do those kinds of things at this think yeah. we need to have a little more humanity and to sure. think about the fact that we didn't create the systems that have happened it was created by ancestors of those who were caucasian and white so as a result of that how about we begin to take a look at what are some ways we can change all these systems from transportation, to housing, education, yep. employment so that we can have uh, equity and, and black people be in the space that we were created to begin with in the first place. And that way we can have a little more of a human, uh, human aspect to what we're doing. But until we get there, these are the kinds of things that happen. And yep. so I just wanted to let people know that that's one side of it uh, that may not be, uh, maybe be taught or may not have been thought of.
0: I know. Right. So, and, and this is uh, new to me as well, uh, because I mean, I spent, you know, significant, uh, some time learning about it, not significant time, but, mm-hmm. but the things that the kind of way that you projected, it, right. It's, it's kind of, uh, you know, it, it started changing my perspective as well. Right. Because firstly, you know, the thing that you said, firstly, racism is something that we created, right. Uh, for, for mm-hmm. whatever the reason it is uh, the, the word race itself is created by the society. So right. as you were saying, you know, we, we are not born to, you know, we cannot choose and uh, what, what's the point, right? Like, you know, I'm just born. So, okay. So, but I, I didn't, I, I cannot choose, you know, where or what, you know, how I should be born. But once I'm mm-hmm. here, you know, how can you differentiate for the reasons that I, you know, can't even control. And, and then the, mm-hmm. and the other fact, you know, okay, society introduced the word term race. And now mm-hmm. there is such race at the system level and the institution level. So which is very, right. very uh, wrong, right? Because right. if you're, if you're, uh, you know, because if the policies are just creating, you know, the things that you mentioned so many, so many things, you know, jobs, housing, education, or, or you know, sports, or you know, if you're, if you're creating inequality in, in every aspect, so that that's not fair. And uh, it's not particularly fair for the people who went through the trauma of the slavery. Right. Right. And if you're, if you're, if we, if the system is still trying to, you know, uh, hit the people again and again on the, in the, in, and without letting them evolve, that that's not great. And and that is leading to this problem such as, you know, drugs or crime or or or. Uh, so in fact, so whatever that is, all the policies are, you know. For, that are being created, or, or, or you know how the policies create the news, and the news uh, you know impacts everyone around the world, saying that hey, you know, right. just just right. it's you know it's all black people who are committing crime, you know, crime and uh, drugs and things like that. But but the real root cause of all this is the system itself, which was built by people, you know, non-inclusive people. Uh, yes. So uh, and and uh, only covering certain aspects of the society, you know, obviously the other other part of the society will suffer, and mm-hmm. the suffering will lead to the crime, you know, the, because the robbery, right? right? Uh, it's it it has to be the obvious choice for them because uh, if you, you if if they can't survive the family, right? You know, they need to feed the family, and if you're not giving a job, or if you know if you have so many restrictions for giving a job, or if you're showing the racism at work, you know, they just can't work. And mm-hmm. they eventually tend to do the things even they don't want to do either. And and uh, yeah. the other th- the other experience that I want to share, right? Well, we were being robbed. You know, I was. You know, the person explicitly told me that, "Hey, dude, this is a Christmas time. I need <laughs> something to give to my family." So mm-hmm. um, that there's the reason I'm doing. So don't don't feel bad about it. You know. I, so then I kind of started understanding. Okay, I don't mind being robbed. Uh, and, and I wasn't hurt either. I lost some valuable things, which is fine. But the fact that, you know, we are all contributing to the person, you know, contributing the person, you know, committing the robbery, you know, which the robber hates, you know, for doing that too. And we are also one, you know, in a way we are contributing to the fact, you know, in fact, we should take it on us, you know, if people are, you know, onto the robbery and, and, uh, drugs for the reasons that are, you know, um, created by the society i think it's also our responsibility to to feel bad about it it's not just we need to feel feel bad that you know for robbing us but the fact that you know we created those scenarios and the circumstances that led the person to rob or or you know just do anything that he doesn't want to do either so i think you know uh, so this is kind yeah. of the perspective that people should have when you know when they view the the whole uh, black community itself so right. bit <laughs>
1: I I would also, I would also like to add in there, number one, you should not have been robbed. And number two, we're not saying that this person should not be held accountable for what took place. Absolutely. We're, I just want to make sure people know that we're not condoning people at all. It should not have happened. We're just expressing the fact that there are reasons that created the situation to begin with. And so what can we now do? So those things don't happen specifically within uh, the black community. And so the other piece about the news I wanted to point out too, is that the news, uh, as we know, you can just sort of research this, um, the the news um, is slanted, we know this. So there's only certain things that are gonna be put on the news. Uh, And so we don't, we just don't have, so, so what's the answer? Let's have more opportunity to show not only what's being done to correct some of the issues that are happening, but also to talk about some of the positive things that are happening within our community so that people know it's not just something negative that's happening um, on a 30-second spin, and then we move forward. Uh, And so I just want people to know that and to understand that as well. Yes, individuals are accountable uh, and should be responsible for their behavior. Absolutely should not have happened. But what can we do on the other end to really support and help so those things do not happen?
0: no I, I totally agree. and the reason that I say you know I I want to the reason I was saying that you know that's just not the uh, mistake of a person but the the point that I want to convey was mm-hmm. so we all sort of contributed to the uh, the situation uh for good or bad so we have to understand that that's uh, that is just one person um doing whatever he wants to do um for 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 part of the sake even though that's a mistake we kind you know everyone or the maybe the system itself, had uh, yeah. a role to play, so yeah, just so we to, we yeah, all should recognize that. that exactly, right? We all should recognize that scenario and and uh, and understand just that one robbery doesn't mean that you know everyone around me are are yes. the same.
1: Absolutely, and, and, yeah, Absolutely. and 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 also to just say, just to add this piece on the other side is. Um, I don't want people to think that all white people are are bad people. No, I sure, know some yeah. really great people that have stepped up and have done so many things. But the yeah. purpose of this is to speak about you know the black community and what has happened and how we can move forward. So please uh, continue to watch and continue to learn.
0: I know, I know. So yeah, this is this is another learning, right? So just yeah. while while we say you know um, while we take some specific examples and convey that hey, yeah. some people some let's say some, you know, people in, in white Americans who have, who have done some bad things. Um, right. Well, if we, if you're pointing that out, it doesn't mean that, you know, we are reflecting the, uh, whole, the community, whole community, right. It's the right. same. That's what I want to convey to with, with this episode. Hey, uh, just don't make, don't let one or one or two of the bad experiences, you know, uh, judge all the community itself. And it, it is, it is Absolutely. just a general principle in life too. You know, one or one or two bad <laughs> experiences in your life, it shouldn't mm-hmm. define your life or, you know, shouldn't, define the uh, perspective or, you know, the view uh, or the way that you view, that you view the things. Right. Right. So, and I also want to talk about the uh, news part that you mentioned, I think Mm -hmm. there has to be a lot more news around the world, which also describes the good things that people are doing in the community. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think I'll, I'll kind of use this podcast as, as one stone, I know one um, stage to share uh, the more um, news of the, you know, many, 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 African-Americans. Um, and then I'd like to bring more guests who are, you know, successful and who want to not just successful, um, so who wants to be the change agent. Uh, um, so and and demonstrate that, hey, uh, this is how, you know, these are all the people that you should know and learn about, uh, be it for, for all the professional or the personal or for whatever the reason it is uh, that. Yeah. So you all can learn from this sort of person. So uh, I'll see if I can uh, you know bring in more uh, more hosts uh, who can Absolutely. change the perspective of the, of the um, people people around me and you know uh, and, and, and and around the world. So 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 many so many interesting uh, uh, points that we talked. But I also want to connect the dots here a little bit. So we spoke about racism, history, and the culture, right? So mm-hmm. how and I also want to talk about the current generation of people who are going to school and who will mm-hmm. be graduating right i know mm-hmm. you know one of the one of the professors i worked with she said that, that hey you know most of the people are the first generation college students mm-hmm. and maybe it's maybe uh, yeah so so how do you think the history culture and then the racism point will maybe. impact these students in the in the college or who just graduated so, and, and what is the um, burden on them or, or what is the things that everyone should keep in mind to make their day-to-day life so much better?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. It's so interesting because this group of people, um, millennials and, and, and we move forward, including even folks that I taught, they have um, such a great opportunity to be able to just help with course correcting what needs to happen, you know, as far as education. The thing that's so divisive now is around what's taught in schools and what should be taught, what should be taught, just is so divisive in terms of that that space. Uh, Even in the concept of critical race theory being brought into education when actually what it was, was a group of lawyers who were looking at, Kimberly Crenshaw was one of the, one of the lawyers, a part of this, looking at what was taking place in the system and how it was negatively uh, impacting African-Americans, looking at the laws, looking at the policies and all those sorts of things. And it's so interesting the way that it just sort of got flipped into something completely different than what the original intent was. Um, But given that the conversations now around students in schools, Uh, What should they be learning and what should they be teaching? Uh, It is my hope that this current generation can see for themselves what is taking place and that they're going to go and dig deep within themselves to find out the information that's in it. So let's say, for instance, that your um, particular university, college, or even high school or middle school is choosing not to really have the curriculum reflect folks who look like me. What do you do? Um, well, there's a plethora of information. You can go to the Library of Congress. <laughs> you can talk yeah. to, you know, you can, you can research your state, your city, your county. There's lots of information that's out there. There are also a lot of uh, anti-racist educators out there who are doing some really great work as well. Um, you know, it wasn't difficult for me to write curriculum and write lessons because I was genuinely interested in the topic, so I think it's important for that. But what I want um, this group to really understand is that your voice is valuable, your yeah. voice matters, your story matters, and despite what might be happening on the outside in terms of the politics that takes place, it is really important for you to understand that you have to know the truth for yourself. And that means learning for yourself and questioning you know, things on your own and using that as a space to be able to advocate because the more that you learn, the more you'll see that once you graduate and move into the workplace or even create your own businesses, this is where we want to be able to see um, more areas of anti-racism more behaviors more actions of anti-racism and by the way anti-racism isn't a bad word yep. it's just of course correcting what has taken place um, to ensure that folks um, who are black um, do not have to experience those anymore so i would say i would hope that those um, who are black Uh, who are white, who are Native American, indigenous, who are Latinx, who are Latino, Hispanic, I would hope, and Asian Americans of different geographies, I would hope that they will come together um, to understand this collective effort to make sure that you are able to learn what you can and do. And in some spaces, um, you know, it's a choice that you want to make, I would say advocate for that curriculum to be what it is, what it should be, which it should reflect um, all the cultures and all the ethnicities and and races that we do have and how people were able to overcome uh, the trauma that took place. But it's important that you really know what did take place and not to have a watered-down curriculum that doesn't teach you what you should know.
0: Gotcha. No, no, that that's so deep and so true. So, so what you're essentially saying is, you know, hey, look at the culture, understand the culture as it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so and be ready to talk about it you know be ready to value your opinion value your opinion and and be ready to you know, be kind of the change agent at your workplace or once you graduate absolutely. or wherever you are absolutely so I, I think you know everyone uh, in, in the community uh, and and not just in the community itself you know just around the world have a responsibility you know uh, to educate others right to be the yep. change agent um, mm-hmm. and i think it's it's more important in in the communities that are you know oppressed and uh, you know went through the trauma because Other people around the community look at them and say that, hey, um, this person is doing so much great things. I think it is the time we step up our game. Many people are looking at uh, the change agents uh, who are who are doing something for the community uh, to to uh, to change the circumstances for good. Uh, and, And the 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 and it's not just in the black community and the other things that you are saying right are the other ethnicities and other races and recently mm-hmm. we have been seeing this uh, you know asian <laughs> hate and i don't know why why where all uh, where and why all these are coming now uh, because i thought that i always think that you know we are moving in the right direction in the in the most you know common sense way but that that doesn't seem to be the case so 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 how do we think we can I, so in my opinion I think me, um, we need more of these change agents who can talk yeah. about it who can educate others right. you know who, who are more resilient and um, who have a better better perspective or you know a uh, better view of the world so how can mm-hmm. we create uh, firstly you know how can I be one of those change agents you know if not a, just so that I can do my part but how can we create more of these change um, change agents um, in in the community or in, in, in just just in general
1: yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think that a lot of it is, it, you know, there's so many things you can do. Um, sometimes I look at things as what you can do at work, and then what can you do outside of work. And I I think about the fact that the things that happen uh, happen behind closed doors. So. For me, it's when you show up at work, are you showing up at work as who you are or are you showing up at work as a representative? So there are spaces now that are engaged in anti-racism work, anti-bias work, which we call ABAR, and then there are spaces that are engaged in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging work. So the reason I'm bringing that up is because when you're in spaces, uh, it is important that if you are a person who's choosing to amplify doing the right thing to uh, support black Americans, then be that same person, you know, outside of work as well. Sure. So there are places it has to happen, where three, I'm gonna say three places it has to happen. Number one, it should, take, it should be taking place in your home. You should be having conversations with your family and family members around how you can collectively support and help um, and amplify and interrupt those levels of racism that are taking place. It's an okay. ongoing um, process that okay. happens over time. Uh, We got into the situation 400 plus years. It's not going to take that long to get us out, (laughs) but it it does mean that it requires people make the effort um, in your homes. The second place that has to take place is through the education systems. I am hoping and hopeful that there are schools that will begin to produce folks. Maybe we need to have an anti-racist, you know, degree. (laughs) <laughs> You're an anti-racist oh, wow. person, they come out. Sure. Um, and we have those curriculums being built around what they needs to look like. We do it for everything else. So why not do it, you know, for this uh, for this cause as well, or continue to produce more Black historians who can speak about these issues or Black anthropologists who can speak about yeah. these issues too. The other part, Black like economists, I can go on because <laughs> I was a policy yeah. major, economics minor. Yeah. Uh, and then you also have the workplace where you do have opportunities to learn and grow. And so that comes through your professional development. Uh, so there should be professional de- 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 development plans for the collective, but also you as an individual should have your own professional development plan. That's equity. So what might work might be needed for Latanya, might not be needed for Ro- uh, for Roheath. Sure. What might not be you know might needed for this person, might be needed for that one. But we do need to have the education piece there, but we need yeah. to move from education into action. So what does it look like now that you've learned about what um, microaggressions look like? What do you do next? Yep. And so on that note, I will say, I wanted to give an example. So one example that I can have from my own uh, experience, I have a lot, but I will say that, um, so good example of microaggression in a space. What tends to happen sometimes when we're in a space as black individuals, we might be in a meeting and number one, we may not ever be asked our opinion on anything. Number two, if we do say something, it could be ignored. And that's a micro invalidation. So if Latanya says something, and they say, "Oh, well, Rohit, well, what do you think about, about what she said? Yeah. Or what do you think about that? Why do we have to go to Rohit to find to validate Latanya? Latanya is sure. giving an opinion that yeah. is very valuable. So I don't need to be validated by that anyone happens. else. Sure. Um, and so when you have situations like that, uh, you want to balance. You want to balance that. You want to interrupt it in the moment. Yep. It's not a conversation. Well, hold, hold, you know, after the meeting. Oh, Latanya. Well, are you okay? Well, no, no. Ask me. Am I okay in the meeting? Yeah discuss it in the meeting when it took sure. place because everyone in that meeting is responsible for the culture of what happens with that team. Uh, and I would say in another space is folks um, being okay with um, speaking out and advocating for yourself. Uh, I was in one space where my manager, um, let me, I'll just say this, There are. there's an issue of colorism within the community. And by colorism, light skin, dark skin, you know, different shades sure. of chocolate, <laughs> you know, yep. uh, you have those issues that take place. And yep. so in, in one situation, I had a manager in particular uh, who had colorism issues and was absolutely, you know, was racist in and ended up, ended up herself. Uh, and we had some conversations. And one, at one point um, she mentioned, well, you're not really here to make change uh you know try to stop me from having and holding meetings with folks who wanted to learn about you know racism you know that sort of thing so we had some one-on-one conversations the fact that i'm a lawyer and the fact that i'm an advocate i'm going to speak up i don't yeah, yeah i'm just going to do that and so we had the conversation i said you know what you know you realize that this is a microvalidation
0: yeah
1: this is a microaggression and she was really taken aback that I was even challenging her. And, you know, and at one point um, she mentioned she didn't want me to speak on the black history panel that I was invited to. And so I said, you're uh, telling me a black female that I can't speak on a black history panel. I was like, I'm already accepted. <laughs> I said, um, I right. want you to tell someone I want you to tell the group that you don't want me to speak. And it was like, oh, wait a minute, because you yep. knew you were bad in that time. So I kind of documented everything. Turned out about to be like seven pages when I really thought of when I got everything down. I had screenshots and everything, you know, but I had always continued to speak, you know, up on the issues. Yep. So ultimately, um, I say that to say that sometimes you have to speak up for yourself. And I did have like two, you know, white allies who were ready to like, hey, we'll go in and, you know, support you. And then you had those who were like, ooh, I don't know what to do. Those yep. are the people that I'm concerned about. Because sure. if you know something is happening and someone lets you know something is happening, okay. as a collective, voices are carry a whole lot more weight and influence than just you. one person alone. And this is why we haven't been able to get any sort of progress is because if we're not in the positions of management, we're not in the positions of directorships, we're not in the positions of CEOs, who are the people that are going to really believe what we say? And so it's important to um, continue to use your voice. I use mine. I absolutely had change happen. Some folks lost some some spots, but sometimes, you know, that happens. Um, That's not what I would hope to happen. What I would hope to happen is that behaviors and mindsets change. This is why at the beginning I said, it is very important to start establishing those relationships. Um, Some people are going to be open to it. Some people are not, but you're never going to know unless you do it. And we, um, as far as me being, I can speak for myself, I don't want to be in a space where people are uh, afraid to come to me and ask me questions. And I also don't want to be in a space where someone says something or does something that was um, racist or, you know, (laughs) racist against another person. And I'm not there to speak up. And so I try to use my own privilege to show others how to do that and to continue to do it because it's something. But I will say it's 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 an ongoing thing. I don't want to have to do it all the time. Uh, it does get exhausting, um, yeah. but it is something that I'm very proud to be in a position to do. So I just wanted to share that with folks. Like, so those places will be in your home, at yeah. work, and also at school.
0: Sure. So, so there are uh, so much, so much interesting uh, things and knowledge that you shared. Uh, I think this is super, super valuable. So I want to uh, like break it down a little bit. So I, so there are two uh, sides to what you have spoken, right? For example, know, as an immigrant, if I want to, you know, Make sure that you know change happens uh, for for any kind of race or you know just making sure that you know the racism or you know anything against uh, maybe just the black community doesn't happen uh, in in the bad way. First, the, mm-hmm. what you're saying is first the change has to happen with me. Yes. In in every way, you know, not just that. Hey, uh, I log into the meeting and say that hey, I feel very bad about what happened, and once I log out of the meeting, I'm, I'm a whole different person again, right? That shouldn't be the case. Yes. So that has to happen with myself. And that has to happen in my family because you have to be able to talk to your family or you know in in the in the community that right. hey uh, this is the, these are things that you should learn and that is something mm-hmm. that you should carry if you're working or or maybe maybe wherever you go right so which means yeah. that you have to be open and authentic in a way. So yes. at the, and at the same time, you also have to recognize that it's not the same template in in, in every place. So right. which means which right. means you know the so you have to you know be constantly conscious and uh, be open and uh, pay attention to these things uh, in in everyday life. So it has you know it even if it that is exhausting you know that is the thing that we need to start doing more and on mm-hmm. the other side the person who is experiencing racism or or, or any kind of uh, ill treatment at work you know everyone should should be like you right in the sense that if they spot it you know they should just find a way to talk about it you know some sometimes yeah. you know they may not be in scenarios where they can talk um, maybe due to the level of work mm-hmm. or whatever that is but irrespective it, at least they should find a way to speak out and speak up be it within the company itself or be it in their own circle or or just everywhere they should find a way mm-hmm. to make sure that the, the person doesn't mistake doesn't repeat the same mistake with everyone else right because right. if the person is ill treating you right the chances that he's uh, the person is doing the same with other persons are very high yes. so if yes. you don't change many other lives might be impacted as well so mm-hmm. we have to uh you know have the responsibility that hey um we it's it's not just for our own good it's for the good of the society and for other people that uh, around the world that, Hey, yes, you talk, you know, fight for it. You know, it should be open. You know, you might lose some things at the beginning, but that's, that's not going to stay the same forever. We have to be the change agent. So in a way, you know, no matter which race, color, ethnicity, or, uh, um, we are from, we have to be the change agents just to make sure that the world, you know, um, or, or any community or anyone in the world is being you know oppressed or or uh, going through the same uh, experiences that our ancestors went through, right? Because we right. need to make the world right. a better place, so we need to be the change agents. So yes. wow, that is that is so much to learn, and that that's yes. uh, kind of shaped up my perspective. And I hope I hope many many others. Uh, uh treat uh has, has so many takeaways from it and thanks thanks you so much thank you so much for you know giving this valuable knowledge i know i know we are at time um but i just have this one one um little game to play okay awesome so i want uh, so i'm gonna start a timer so i know you we you have shared so many um learnings with us today but i just want to use this um Opportunity just to learn some more, why not? Right? So, okay. <laughs> so the question is Can you help uh, us learn something in two minutes that took so long for you to learn or, or you know, so long for you to gain expertise on? Mm-hmm. So, your time starts now.
1: So, I would say it is around listening to understand when it comes to having conversations about race and racism. Uh, it mm-hmm. starts off with just really opening up with an open ended question and just using that as an opportunity to listen to the other person. So you might start off with, you know, what do you think racism is? And as a person begins to talk, you're literally hearing what they're saying and you are repeating those words back to gain understanding. Not to put someone in the hot seat or to make someone offended or defensive, but to really hear their thoughts around it. When you use that level of questioning, just very open you use it to understand, it makes it a lot easier for you to understand who the person is and where their heart is. And when you can understand the heart, you can move through uh, the head and the hands, and you can understand a little bit more about those uh, changes. So I would say heart, head, and hands uh, is what is most important when it comes to really understanding how to do this work. And this is how I've been very uh, impactful in what I've done and why I've had such um, great uh, relationships that have been built.
0: Wow. That is a new way to look at it. Uh, and you just share your life lesson in, in like uh, one minute. So <laughs> so what you're what you essentially saying is, hey, um, if I understand that you're listening, but are you listening with an intention to understand? Yes. Right? Yes. So, and understanding the crux of the scenario, which is the heart. And then once you understand it to the core, you know, make sure that you understand other aspects around the heart, right? Or the hands, legs, or what the head, whatever it is. But the goal yes. is... Understand the crux of it, and uh, you understand it by listening it openly without any biases, and and uh, you know find a way to deconstruct your own biases. Um, yeah, that that is that is kind of enlightening. Uh, thanks, thanks uh, for sharing all of this, Latanya. So
1: I want to give uh, credit to to uh, Chris from uh, Veritas Culture who uh, taught me that method. I had done some things before. But he really sealed it and really helped. So if uh, if anyone's looking to be able to learn, that's a, those two, Vince and Chris, are great people to learn from.
0: Sure, uh, I'll, I'll I'll take take that note, and and uh, if I want to learn more about it, I know I mean there are so many things online uh, that I can learn from. Mm-hmm. So, but the way the things that you shared, I don't think I'll be able to learn online. You know, that's a, just just a whole new perspective. Uh, but so, what are the what are the, some of the resources that uh, that I can you know. Uh, used to learn more or how can I just continue my learning you know, about the black community, history, culture or about the racism or or, or the things around it?
1: Yeah, uh, wow, such a great idea. I would say Google, (laughs) but what I will say is one thing that I would like for people to do is if you want to learn more about the people, uh, I would go and I would read the enslaved narratives They are on the Library of Congress. So you will hear and read about people who who interviews from people who were actually enslaved, Black people, uh, from all all parts of the United States. Uh, And it's a great way to get a gauge on what they experienced and what they went through. Uh, and it helps you to understand to be have uh, have empathy around the experiences that we're dealing with. Now, I would say to do that uh, as one. Sure. And, you know, of course, um, there are lots of folks that I've met on LinkedIn uh, that I think are really great persons uh, that you can actually learn from and gain a lot from. Good. One is Minda Hartz. Um, please get her book. Minda Hearts wrote the book called The Memo. Uh, M-I-N-D-A-H-A-R-T-S. And then also another uh, great friend of mine is Jackie Abrams. She wrote the book Hush Money. So mm-hmm. those are all available. If you uh, have a books on Amazon or Audible, please download those books. It gives you a very good insight into not only what happens in the workplace, but what you can do to support. Uh, and so those are two books that um, I highly, highly recommend.
0: Gotcha. No, th- mm-hmm. that's that's uh, th- thanks for sharing this. Uh, I think I'll, I'll definitely have to look, look into those uh, <laughs> for sure. Well um thanks again uh, Latanya I know um, I'll let you go I, I I know we can there are so many other things that we can talk about uh, but you know we also have other uh, time constraints um with families and all uh but yeah I know I know you're super busy and uh, I want to really appreciate you uh, you know for for talking uh this sensitive and the important topic with me um and helping uh, and sharing your all-authentic experiences and helping us learn more. Uh, and I hope this video, at least, or the things that you shared, uh, will have some level of impact in the, in the community out there. And I really hope to do more, more in this space. Uh, and thanks for you know being the enabler for me. Um, so I think this kind of con- conversations, we need to have more. And I think um, you kind of enlightened me that, hey, um, there are so many opportunities for you to tap on, to learn more. Uh, which i'll which I hope to do uh, it, uh, in my podcast going further going forward and and thanks for your valuable time and and, and supporting me uh, I really appreciate it uh, and I'm grateful for it thank you very much
1: oh you're very very welcome and to your audience thank you all so much for watching make sure that you forward this to folks who need to see it as well and please continue to amplify and educate uh, and advocate uh, on behalf uh, and know that your work matters too I-
0: that's right. So let's, let's all be the change agents that we should be. Yes, thank. absolutely. Cool. Thanks, everyone.
1: Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity.
0: Thank you.